and welcome back to Season 2 of Health Science Starts Here. Summer's wrapping up, students are back on campus, and I never left. But we did take a break for the summer, so if you're tuning in for the first time, Health Science Starts Here is produced by Salus University, where we talk to students, faculty, staff, and the communities that we serve to bring you into our world of health science and higher education. So to kick off our second season, we're talking about our newly accredited speech-language pathology program in the College of Education and Rehabilitation. What is it? What does it mean to be accredited, and why should you care? Our publications coordinator and staff writer, Michael Morsch, sat down with Chris Spies, Bob Siriani, and Sam Herthler to answer some of those questions. Hi, I'm Mike Morsch, publications coordinator and staff writer at Salus University. Hi, I'm Bob Siriani. I'm the Interim Chair and Program Director in the Department of Speech Pathology. Hi, I'm Chris Spies, Assistant Director of Admissions here at Salus University. Hi, my name is Sam. I'm a member of the SLP Class of 2020. Okay. Uh, Bob, explain to us the uh, accreditation process. Thanks, Mike. Um, we here at Salus were um, afforded the opportunity this past year to apply for full accreditation. Um, in 2015, we received candidacy. That's the first level of accreditation. Um, I'm happy to say we've gone through the process and received that full accreditation. Actually started last August when we submitted a report that indicated that we would be ready for uh, review by the national office. Uh, what, what did you have to submit in that report? Sure. Um, it's lengthy. They're, they go through the several standards that were required to document, and they ask us for evidences. You know, it's a nice little eight-page application that turns into about 200 pages of evidence. And... Um, the uh, report then triggers a visit. Uh, our team came uh, in March. And the- a visit from whom? Uh, the accreditors. Okay. The accreditors came out, three of them. Um, they uh, looked in all the closets and opened all the drawers. They interviewed students and faculty, community members even, and, um, and uh, take that information back, write a report. We get to look at that report uh, so we we looked at that report in April and sent some responses back, and then um, uh, we were voted upon at their last meeting, which is the end of July. So uh, got that letter in our hands, very proudly distributed across the the university, um, certainly to uh, our president, our provost, and our board of trustees. Um, so you know, moving forward, we're now a full fledged accredited program. So what does that mean uh, for the program to be accredited? Sure. It, it means that we've met all the standards put forth by the accreditors. So again, they look at the administration, they look at the curriculum, they look at our student outcomes. Uh, three things that we have to measure uh, are, uh, do the students graduate in the amount of time that we, um, we say they're going to graduate? We're almost at 100% over our three graduating classes. Um, they look at uh, do our students pass an actual exam, and we are at 100% over our three classes. Uh, and then do they get jobs? And again, I'm proud to report that out of our three graduating classes, 100% of those SLPs now have jobs and are practicing. Um, Is that going to put the pressure on to keep that 100% up? Oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but you know what? The caliber of student that we are attracting um, allows us 
to demonstrate that because the students are really putting the effort in. Um, and you'll hear from Sam in a little bit, one of our students, and she's certainly a shining example of um, the students that we've gotten to see in this program. Um, so from your perspective, what, uh, and we'll, we'll give Sam a chance to talk yeah. here in a little bit, but from your perspective, what does this mean for the students? Um, I think it's a guarantee to the students um, that says that this program, ha the tires have been kicked and um, everything has flushed out and uh, we're ready to confidently produce speech language pathologists that work across healthcare and education settings. Um, it's a guarantee to the public that practitioners that graduate from this program are, um, are, are quality therapists, that they can um, achieve all the things that the public is expecting from, from a therapist. Um, and I really think that this says to the students, um, you know, you, we've all made it. Um, certainly the faculty is putting a lot of effort into getting us to this point. Um, administrative has been, uh, the administration has been so supportive of this fledgling program, but really it's the students. We, we rest on their uh, successes and, uh, we, you know, we sort of set up the court and bring the ball and, and, uh, you know, we act as referees on the side, but they've got to play. And, um, you know, I'm proud to say that they've, they've come to play. Explain a, a little bit about the students have come, who have come previous to this that were that graduated under the candidacy era, and, and what do you say to them now um, that the university has moved forward with the next step? Yeah, I'm, I, I think that they are real entrepreneurs. They're real trailblazers because it, there is a certain amount of risk to coming to a candidacy program. Um, even the students that are here now. Um, you know, took it on faith that we would be uh, granted candidacy, uh, or I'm sorry, granted full accreditation. Um, the, I, you know, I'm biased, but I don't think the program was ever at risk for not being accredited because I know the team around the program did everything possible to make um, make sure that the students and the faculty were protected. Uh, in essence. Uh, you know, I, I go back to the letter that we received. There's two sections that says, where are the areas of noncompliance? And there's nothing in that section. And I go back to the recommendations section. So they'll even say, like, you passed, but maybe next time you'll want to do X, Y, Z or ABC, blank. So I think that that really sings um, the, the high notes of the program, that they looked and they really couldn't find anything. Now, that's not a challenge for all those out there to come to this program and, and look for the, the flaws. I'm, I'm sure we'll have hiccups, uh, but the structures in place uh, for students to come here and experience the, the classroom and the clinic and really soar. Um, what happens now? Uh, the accreditation is for how long? And, and how often do you have to renew and things like that? So initial uh, full accreditation is a maximum of five years. The program was awarded those five years. Um, we'll have to submit in 2024, if I did the math right, for re-accreditation. And again, it's a series of uh, documents and evidences followed by a site visit. So another team will come out and, and 
analyze and interview, uh, and then uh, we'll be reaccredited. And reaccreditation can happen for up to eight years, and will be, um, you know, renewed thereafter every eight years or whatever we're assigned. Now I know it, this is brand new. You just got accredited, but uh, how soon do you start thinking about? ways to improve the program, move it even further along down the road? So yesterday, um, you, we're, we're in constant uh, program improvement mode. We're uh, surveying the students. Um, we're surveying the clients that we serve. We're looking into the community for feedback from professionals when they work with our students. Or um, So we're in constant mode of, uh, did that work? If it didn't work, how do we fix it for next time? If it did work, how do we make it better for next time? Um, we will have to submit annual reports as part of our accreditation. Uh, they're due every August, so I'll probably be sequestered in an office for most of July to make sure that that report is, uh, has all their I's dotted and T's crossed. Um, but really, it's, it becomes a brag sheet. I get to say like all the neat things that we've done with the students and all the, the deep learning experiences that they've had. Very good. Uh, okay, let's move to Chris. Yeah. All right. Um, explain the application process and, and what the centralized application program is. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I definitely want to say congratulations, first off, to the SLP program. Um, working very closely with those students has been a, a great joy in getting the opportunity to see how the students have uh, processed, you know, have, have continued through the, not only the application process throughout the, this, these few years, but how they've done within the program is is fabulous. Um, I, as Bob was speaking, I was kind of thinking about the that the old saying of you know everybody now who's going to be coming into the program will kind of be sitting on the shoulders of. of giants, essentially, the people that came before them that put in a lot of the effort and the work. But it's definitely, as Bob mentioned, not a time for them to kind of just sit back and, uh, you know, allow everything to kind of just work off of the work that they've done previously. They have to continue to uh, tweak and adjust and modify their learning process. Uh, so definitely wanted to kind of just start there. Um, from an admissions standpoint, um, something that we do very, is, is, that's very unique about our process is we utilize a uh, modified rolling admissions process to assess and evaluate applications. Um, essentially what happens is applications as they come in to our office, uh, we will start to review uh, those applications um, based on qualifications that were established from our faculty. Um, these are the, the, the faculty committee members that eventually make decisions on applications. Um, from that point, we'll then um, assess, and during that time, we'll assess applications using three main indices. Um, those include a academic index, which a lot of students put a, a lot of energy and focus on. Um, those are the numbers, um, having good GPA, having quality GRE scores, uh, the things that many students in the, at the undergraduate level concern themselves with. Uh, the second being a personal index, which 
I always like to say is kind of the body of an application. Um, prior to that, it's numbers versus numbers. Um, but the personal index is, is you know, those, those tangible things, the things that make people exciting and interesting. It's their experience within a clinical facility. It's their extracurricular activities. Um, you know, those are really exciting to kind of read through and, and, and learn more about um, our, our applicants. And then the third one, and very important here at Salus University, is our interviewing index. Um, and it, it is at, at what it seems. Um, it's the assessment of a student's ability to uh, walk through an interview process. Um, and I know it's something that makes our program very different um, when comparing it with others. A lot of programs within uh, speech-language pathology don't actually require interviews, which I've always found very fascinating. Um, How important a part of the process is the interview? Um, I would say it's it's certainly a big, big part. Um, and for Two different reasons, actually. The one, I, I always say admissions is a two-way street, though I know a lot of students don't always believe that. Um, we want to make sure that students feel comfortable here at Salus, we want them to feel sort of the 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 you know that natural embrace of the family community here at Salus University. But we also want to make sure that we're a good fit for them. Um, and I find that that really comes to play during the interview process. Um, so yeah, I would say it's a, it's it's a big component of uh, the admissions process in general. Is there any way for a student to? to uh, practice for the interview process? Um, I, I certainly think so. Um, prior to, to our conversation here, um, I, I was talking with Sam, um, one of our current students, and uh, she actually had come into uh, admissions. She had contacted admissions prior to um, getting ready for submitting an application. We, we offer counseling sessions, and we can do this over the phone, or if uh, the applicants, uh, prospective uh, applicants, live in the area, they can come in and visit. Um, so we can show them around campus, we can talk to them about their, uh, their application or their expected application. Um, so that's, a, that's one really great way for a student, I think, to prepare for the interview because they're getting a better sense of who we are as an institution and our program specifically. So let's transition to, uh, Bob, did you have something you want to interject there? I, I wanted to say that um, I really appreciate the admissions process here because uh, as Chris said, it really is a two-way street. Students get the shine in front of us uh, outside of just being on paper, um, and we get the shine in front of them as opposed to being web pages or glossy handouts. Um, as much as it, it, you know, gets me in the gut, I love the discussions we have in our admissions committee around the, the student that on paper doesn't look to be top-notch, but then comes in with this interview and blows us out of the water. Like, they're the, they're the tough decisions, the good decisions we get to make. Um, you know, we, you know, the good students usually look good in an interview, but the students that maybe don't look great on, on paper that have a lower GPA or not the best GREs uh, sometimes come in and they are top-notch in that interview. And, and they, that makes a difference for you guys. A absolutely. Be we're, you know, speech pathology is a human services. Uh, we're human service providers. We're, we're not behind keyboards. We're not in back offices. And and your your ability for your personality to shine and come through really will affect the ultimate relationship between 
you and your patients and your clients and the students that you work with. So that's what we're looking at in the interview is, is how, do you, how do you hold yourself? And um, that paper doesn't tell you that. The interview tells, it, tells us that. So good conversations we have with our admissions folk. Uh, Chris, I want to come back to you, but this would be a nice, nice area to transition our student Sam in here to tell us about that en enrollment process and that interview process and, and how that went for you. Yeah, thank you. Um, that was actually one of the main things that drew me into coming to Salis. Um, I thought that the fact that they have the rolling admissions and that they invite you in for an interview um, it just speaks worlds about their school as a whole. I think kind of what Bob was saying is that you can't really judge a person by a piece of paper. So I think that the interview process is a great way to come in and meet the faculty and staff. And um, every everybody is exactly how they are during that interview day that they are when you get accepted. And I think that is a great thing to see in a university is not that it's just a front being put on, but that's just how everybody is in general. Um, I, I tell students, tell other students <laughs> how you felt going into the interview and then how you felt after you came out. Yeah, so of course going into any interview situation is very nerve-wracking and stressful. Um, but honestly, for me, as soon as I was in the very opening meeting with um, Bob, I felt at ease. Um, it definitely made the day go a lot smoother. Um, when we did the one-on-one -on -one interviews, I felt very comfortable with the person I was interviewing with. And it just felt like a conversation and not that all the pressure was on me. And, um, and then we also took part in and admissions interview during that day. Um, and that was kind of just to go over anything um, on our application or any questions they may have had just to clear things up. And um, I thought that was great too, because that let us not just meet with the faculty and staff of the SLP program, but also other members of the university. Did you come out of there thinking that you stuck the landing? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, knowing Sam, how, how we know her now, I'm sure she put in a lot of time preparing for that interview, and knowing that she's here now, that preparation really did her well. Yeah. Uh, Chris, let's get back around to some of the the uh, important dates for applications and of things course. like that. Uh, spell that out for uh, prospective students. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say, so first off, we utilize SIDCAS uh, uh, to assess and evaluate those applications. It's a centralized application service. Uh, similar for a lot of undergrads, they're, they're probably very familiar with the Common app. Um, it's very similar to that, but it's specifically for either speech language pathology programs or audiology programs at the master and doctoral level. Uh, we'll be focusing on speech uh, today. Um, but in terms of that, the review process, um, the big dates to kind of think about, one, um, SIDCAST opened up already. Um, they opened in July of this current year. Um, we have a fall annual start date. So August is always uh, the first week of classes and also our, pro our university orientation takes place in mid-August. Um, so you're actually submitting applications ideally almost a, a year to half a year prior to your expected entrance. Now our application timeline though it opens in July, uh, it actually ends May 1st of 2020. Um, 
again, we do use a modified rolling admissions, uh, which is very different different than regular admissions that um, many graduate and undergraduate programs use. Um, that old saying of the early bird gets the worm, it really does apply when thinking about modified rolling admissions. Um, competitive applicants that submit applications earlier within a cycle, ideally I would suggest prior to the new year, um, would hopefully be coming in for an interview. Um, they'll have their application reviewed, invited for an interview, and hopefully are accepted into the program um, quite early and, and a lot earlier than many other uh, graduate programs would be sending and providing them decisions. So I think it puts a lot of comfort into our students um, as they're going through that process, knowing that they've been admitted to a program already, especially since they do so much work, a lot of hard work to get those applications in. Sam, did you have something to add to that? Yeah, so as Chris was saying, um, I the fact that it was rolling admissions here at Salus, um, I wanted to jump on it right away. So I remember I had set a deadline for myself. I wanted October 1st was my deadline to turn in my application. Um, and previous to this, I was talking with Chris, and, you know, he said your timeline was set up you know, pretty perfectly. And I had it in, in the beginning of October. Um, I received an email a couple weeks later that I was invited for an in-person interview. And I had my interview at the beginning of November. And I actually had found out that I was accepted mid-November. So it was pretty ideal. Um, it was my number one school choice. So everything kind of worked out, you know, being, being on the ball early. All right. I got another question for you. Sure. Uh, what's your graduation date? Uh, May 2020. 2020. Now, you came in under the candidacy program, and you go out under the accredited program, right? Yeah. Is that correct? What's that mean for you? Um, it's it's amazing. I you know, I think it's been a really great experience. Uh, us as students have been a part of the accreditation process. Um, like Bob was saying earlier, we got to meet with the CAA site visitors. Um, they got to ask us questions, and um, it was a really nice way for us to be involved in the process. And um, throughout the entire process so far, we as students have not really been left out of anything. You know, Bob comes in and he reports to us about um, what the report said from the CAA. So we have fully been involved the entire time, which also is a great thing because um, it, it's a university. You're here. It's the students. The students are a big part of, um, you know, the whole program and everything. So I think it's really great that we have been involved and it does feel really, it feels like an accomplishment yeah. for us as students. And um, I think it's a huge thing. Bob, how important is it to share that accomplishment with staff, students, everybody here? Well, again, it's, I think that's one of the unique aspects of SALIS. You know, we're the speech pathology program, but we're part of a much larger uh, entity, SALIS University. And that family really came together to make sure that this program, this little piece of SALIS, um, was uh, put in the spotlight and, and, and shown as brightly as possible. Um, I think that um, students should be proud because they are, they're making an investment and um, they worked really hard to get here and they work really hard to keep themselves here. Um, so of course we want the, the best for them. Um, and then when they're alumni, 
uh, we want them to be able to brag. This is the program I came from, and this is this were the faculty that we worked with, and this is the cohort that that I um, uh, you know graduated with, and these are my peers and colleagues and and friends. Um, and I think that if we were just sort of an island unto ourselves, the students wouldn't get that full picture. You know, they should be really proud. Um, that was one of our uh, uh, accommodations, really, from from the creditors, how how well prepared our students are and have been, and how well they can speak to the program. And uh, the, you can't see me through the microphone, but I'm smiling big <laughs> because it, it is a pride moment. Thank you for listening. My name is Alyssa Nguyen, and this is Health Science Starts Here. Check back every other week for new episodes and listen everywhere podcasts are available. To learn more about any of the topics we talked about today, visit salis.edu slash podcast.